I'm Dr. Ben Rall. Do you know where the most amazing doctor lives? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually right inside of you. Yet, today's healthcare model is built on a foundation that the greatest doctor instead comes in the form of pills, potions, lotions, even surgery. So listen in, because what if the majority of what you have been told about health and healing is not only wrong, but actually harmful to you? One thing is for sure, when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to discover that you are in fact designed to heal. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Design to Heal. My name is Jeff McLaughlin. With me, as always, Dr. Ben Ben Rawl. And uh, Dr. Ben, we got a, a repeat guest today. Uh, well, back, back with by us. popular demand, right? Yeah. Everybody loves everybody loves Mary. That, is that a show? No, that was Everybody Loves Raymond. Everybody <laughs> loves Mary. Uh, Mary is, if you haven't listened to the other episode. Well, that's it, not exactly true, Ben. It depends on which side of the, uh, the this issue is true. this is on. This is know. true. We, we all know that. everybody should love Mary, but uh, that may not be the case. Mary, today we're going to talk about, in, in our previous episode, Ben, referenced a Psychology Today article. This comes out of September 2020's issue, and uh, it's, it's real short, three-paragraph kind of thing, but headline was, uh, what, explains, what explains the rise in autism diagnosis? And I want to just kind of set this up for context. Um, I, I work in marriage coaching, and we were in an office where this magazine was there, and literally I'm eating lunch, you know, and I'm flipping through it. Oh, it's psychology today, you know, because frankly, I think my phone was out of battery. There was nothing else mindless to do to kill time. So I find psychology today, and I flip through this, and I go, well, that, that's, that title's going to catch anybody's attention. Now, we've talked about the show. Ben and I certainly have our, our stances on, on vaccines and everything. Full disclosure, we family of five kids, and I've shared on a previous episode that in our uh, journey as parents at two months old with our oldest, um, we went to a doctor's visit and the doctor wanted to give my oldest, who is now 13, um, eight vaccines in one day. And we just didn't know anything about that. My wife and I had been vaccine or vaccinated growing up, you know, obviously a lot less vaccines then and, and things like that. So we just asked for, hey, give us a month. You know, we're, we're going to pause on that today. Give us a month to go and study. And things just turned ugly fast. And that was the, you know, it, it cracked the door for us. And we started to kind of really study. And, and I wouldn't say that we're necessarily like anti-vax. We just, we don't see a compelling reason to go forward with that. That's my stance. And again, but this is what happens. We're in such a bumper sticker society anyway, right? Yeah. Where mm -hmm. it's just the, the sayings, you know, from media is, you know, vaccines are safe and effective. And so, you know, even the fact they give four, four paragraphs is supposed to be groundbreaking, right? But I'm going to sum it up. Basically, there was simply saying, um, and again, you know, this is, you know, Mary has a, a vaccine injured child. And so this goes right to your heart, right? When they're mm -hmm. simply saying, hey, uh, what happened to your child? It says the last thing it says here is uh, families and clinicians are just more aware of autism than in past decades. So that makes diagnosis more common. This article literally says nothing about vaccinations. Right. Okay. Which, you know, like again, does Mary, not you, even use the word Mary. It's not even found in you've, there. You've argued cases or, you know, you've, you're in that world, right? Yeah. At the highest level of arguing these. And so, for so the so their statement, though, says, I think we do need to read this one part, and this is the one sentence that I think encapsulates the entire argument here, and, or encapsulates here it is. Although the prevalence of autism has increased a lot, this study doesn't provide... Now, the study they're referring to was what? That uh, 2000... Uh, sorry, 38,000 twin pairs collected from 82 to 2008, and uh, they found that the proportion of autism is genetic, and or that's genetic and environmental is consistent over time. Um 
so their commentary on that was, although the prevalence of autism has increased a lot, this study does not provide evidence that it's because there has been, there's also been some kind of change to the environment. So there, to me, I felt like this was a straw man argument, Mary, if I could. I, I just, I really felt like this is, you know, well, we know there's an increase in autism. And in fact, the opening paragraph talks about how in 1960s, about one in 10,000 were diagnosed. And now it's about one in 54, they say. Ben, I think that you believe it's a higher number than that. Yeah, it keeps right? getting worse. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, we're, we're, yeah, of course, we're spiraling out of control with this. And so to me, it felt like a straw man argument where they were saying, well, it's not environment. It's really that we test more. And it's like, you know, granted, now Ben made the point earlier to me off the air that environment could include, you know, the use of vaccinations or something like that. But to me, they would have used that word in, in this article to report that. So to me, it was the straw man of saying, well, you know, it's not the toxins and all the stuff in the environment and everything. It's just that we're testing more. And I'm going, well, who is arguing that? Who's out there arguing that anyway? You know, the people that are out there that are arguing for an increase in autism, you know, are claiming it is a vaccine-related injury. That's the argument. And they didn't address this at all in the argument or in the article and therefore kind of just brushed right through it and said, yeah, it's we're just testing more. End of story. Nothing to see here. Uh, Mary, I would just be curious to know. I, I have a feeling you have an opinion on this subject. Just measuring her head, her head shaking the whole time. I'm just, yeah, right. I, I, I got a feeling that she's got an opinion on this. Um, you know, so that's, you know, what a great answer for them to say. You know, we're just smarter. Our doctors mm. are just so much better than they used to be. And we're just so much more efficient at our job. We test children more. And so, you know, there's no real rise, nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. We're just super smart now. I mean, that's a great pile of you know what. Uh, that's really not going to help because now the generation of children who, you know, started getting this ramped up vaccine schedule after 1986 when the industry got complete liability protection de facto, they're now aging out of the schools. What is destroying school systems in terms of their budgets? Special education. What are teachers calling for? More psychologists, more special ed, you know, more small classes. Now those young people are aging out of the school system and they're into society and there's nothing there for them. Their parents aren't going to live forever. Basically, our whole powers that be have put their heads in the sand because they don't, they're afraid of what's going to happen when the truth comes out. And the truth is vaccines cause autism full stop. Um, I wrote a paper on this. We evaluated cases in the injury compensation program. The government knows that vaccines cause autism. The scientists who say they don't, they know vaccines cause autism. The industry knows vaccines cause autism. They're just absolutely petrified when the world finally turns on them and says, you guys have been lying to us for decades and we've, we're done with you. And we're getting very close to that tipping point. We're getting very close because this is a part of what's going on. But what I recommend to your listeners, I recommend three films that they have to watch that really will help them like get the real story. One is um, Andrew Wakefield um, and Del Bigtree and Polly Tommy all worked on Vaxxed. Vaxxed is the movie about autism. It's a fantastic movie. I also recommend that they watch Vaxxed 2, which is Polly Tommy. It's called The People's Truth. Extraordinary, Jeff, if you happen, haven't seen it by any chance, is they interview not only parents of injured children and injured individuals, but they interview the parents and the children who are unvaccinated. And the difference is night and day. I mean, sure. it's just a night and day story. Yeah. And then the film that I highly recommend that touches on this issue very, very importantly is Andy Wakefield's next film called The 1986 Act. And it's a fabulous film, and it really explains 
you know, how much is known. And it's obvious there have been a lot of vaxxed, unvaxxed studies and they all, they don't all, there are some rigged studies, but the honest studies show that the rate of autism and lots of other childhood illnesses and problems, asthma, bipolar, uh, apraxia, dyspraxia, speech delay, you know, motor delay, those are associated with vaccination. And Brian Hooker, who's a scientist who's on our board at Children's Health Defense, he has published several vaxxed, unvaxxed studies that the mainstream will not do because the evidence is not what they're going to want to see. But the studies that Brian Hooker has done show convincingly that the rates of autism are much higher among the vaccinated than the unvaccinated, as well as other disorders. Now, let's be clear. Can you get autism without being vaccinated? Yes. I do know children who are vaccine injured. I do know children who have autism and some profound autism who were never vaccinated. That is possible. I think autism is sort of at a cellular level. There's a cellular disorder and it's a failure to be able to detoxify at a cellular level. But the number, you know, basically, as Bobby Kennedy says, there are tens of thousands of identical stories of children who regress after vaccination and then they're diagnosed with autism. And for scientists and the medical and the sort of community, the powers that be to oh, we can just brush that aside. That's just, you know, hysteria. That's misogyny. That's science. That is unbelievable that the powers that be will not really seriously look at that issue. You know, Mary, and, what I'm thinking about, and I, and I was just, as I'm, as I'm looking at the article, I was actually, you know, it's easy. I feel like, you know, even if, and then forgive any parent that has a dog, a diagnosis of autism with their child. Okay. I just want to set that aside for a second though, because I think people would also be blown away to know the other injuries that have been absolutely associated. I mean, I've taken oh, care of kids absolutely. with asthma and a child with asthma or a child with eczema or a child with learning disabilities or a child with, you know, digestive All concerns, even with the autism diagnosis has a very altered experience in life. Nope. And so yeah. again, those yeah. have been documented many times, autoimmune diseases. And so it's like, you know, when you hear at the war and it says, you know, 5,000 soldiers died, it doesn't account for the thousands that are still injured right. that will never have a life again. And we're seeing this yeah. in the COVID vaccines, even early right. transverse myelitis, there was an MS case, right. possibly some other things they haven't disclosed yet. People right. are starting to go, Hey, I don't even know. I'm not even worried right now. Is it going to kill me? I mean, that happens too. There's certainly people that have even died, but, but what if it just messes me up pretty bad for life? And right. And, and so, yeah, 54% yeah. of our kids in this country have some kind of chronic condition. You know, something went seriously wrong. And that's up from, you know, what, 10, 12% uh, you know, yeah, 20 years ago, or yeah. In 1986. So it's obvious on the level of correlation that there is a dramatic correlation between the rise in chronic conditions of children. You know, the CDC and the FDA have completely fallen down on the job. They are calculators and they are serving industry at the literal expense of our health and our lives. Mary, I have two questions for you. The first being this, you know, there's uh, often the accusation that older generations say of the next generation of kids coming up, they say, oh, we medicate kids for everything. Like every kid's on Ritalin, every kid's this, every kid needs a psychiatrist, psychologist, sorry, they get all these uh, diagnoses and things like that. Um, I, I'm really wanting to know <laughs> Are these kids, you know, we, we're saying that as if to say that these kids aren't messed up and we overdiagnose, but the truth is that the game has changed with a lot of that. So how much of this, you know, how much is legitimate, I guess, is really the question. Yeah, this. there's a lot, you know, 
I mean, I think sadly, there's a real legitimacy that the that young children, you know, young adults today, teenagers and people, they are snowflakes. They really are. They are really, really fragile and delicate. They have anxiety disorders. They have mood disorders. They have depression. They have really serious psychological problems. And those problems are associated with vaccines. Vaccines are causing neurological damage. There's just no question about that. So I think it's really tragic. And I think, you know, um, you know, you can sort of say, oh, you know, we were so much stronger. We were so much better. You know, that's everything maybe says that to <laughs> sure, sure. But, but but this is real i mean these young people are suffering yeah. they're the anxiety of young people today the suicidality the suicide rates are going up i mean you know this is really serious stuff we are harming young children's brains bobby likes to talk kennedy talks about you know iq levels have gone down significantly several points we are truly i, I was with andy wakefield on saturday i mean we talk about we are on an extinction curve yeah. right faster or slower we are on an extinction it's a de- curve. it's a de-evolution and i you know mary i think about that when i you know you I mean, just because covid is still happening i look at what we did over this last six months where we put so much fear into the hearts and minds of people. We messed up their immune systems even more by locking them down so they don't experience the environment they're intended to be in. Um, I haven't seen a lot of people get healthier during this time. I've seen people drinking more, drugging, you know, and medicating more, not exercising, gaining weight, right? Like all of the things that decrease resiliency that really that are natural, God-given, you know, the way we're designed to be, but we keep uh, you know, we, we we spend more time interfering with it. You know, I joke a lot with my with my with my wife sometimes as an attorney. I know you're an attorney. I'm like, babe, a lot of these laws we don't need if we would just not be so silly, right? Like you can't legislate lifestyle. You know, we we debate this sometime, and because there is part of this that's the human condition. But I think that's often I don't want to say lost in this conversation, and I don't, but Mary, but I just think I I always want to remind people we do have to put ourselves out in the world, right? And, and we do have to live, and Absolutely. you know, yeah. <laughs> Ben, we are social animals. We are animals. And the things that have been put in place during this lockdown, they're like anti-animal, right? Six feet distance, wear masks so that you can't see one another's, you know, facial expressions. Don't gather in groups. These are truly against our animal needs, let alone our instincts. So I was talking... well, Mary, so and they've made it indefinite. Essentially, they've tried to make these things indefinite, trying to transform us into these digital animals. Yeah. We're not we're not digital animals. We're human animals. And if you think <laughs> about this, you know, I was with Dell was saying this this last time I was talking to him too. Like, here's my kind of I don't even like to use the word fear, but are we gonna become such snowflakes? Use that word, yeah. you, you know, and such you know, contrived, you know, um, you know, digital that when you go back to re-expose them to the way the world could or should be, that literally we're so fr- like that point of no return. It's why we're always concerned in the vaccine. Once we, lose, losing humanity, once we lose the unvaccinated group, we now longer have a control group because it's and, and that's the fear I see if we get so jacked up masks on everybody, whatever. You're right. I mean, all of the things that are being, you know, that are happening right now, lower people's immunity. They lower our resistance. You need to have a robust interaction with, you know, the world of viruses and bacteria and being in the dirt. Like, that's how we stay healthy. And what we are doing right now is diminishing our exposure. It is diminishing our health. And you're right that part of what is happening is a real... um, 
full court press against the unvaccinated. It really is a full court press because that is the true control group. And, and that is very clear. And we must preserve that control group. And science is going on about that control group. But that's the truth. The truth is, is that, you know, people who haven't had toxins injected in them as of day one are just healthier animals. I mean, which is just a good logical, I mean, it doesn't take a, you know, if I smoke two packs a day, yeah. yeah, but, but, but then, and Jeff, you, you, you know, we've been indoctrinated for, I certainly for my whole life, you know, vaccines are safe and effective vaccines, save lives. Right. Vaccines are, you know, what we've done that has, you know, ended the scourge of infectious disease. That's not true. It's a lie, but it's a very profitable lie. And it's a very good lie in terms of social control. Well, and, and, and you're, Mary, you think about it. You're also, if you're not doing this, you're an enemy to humanity. You're a, you're a selfish person. I mean, all of the narratives there, I mean, extreme yeah. guilt, shame, yeah. fear. I mean, yeah. a powerful recipe. Well, they're, and they're working know? on all of those narratives right now yeah. for the COVID vaccines. I mean, a Yale yeah. study, uh, you know, there's 12 different memes you can use. Patriotism, shame, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know. Uh. This is not, you know, the bottom line is that the, 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 the science shows us that this is not about an infectious disease. It's not. It's on par with the seasonal flu. This is about social control. This is about surveillance. This is about tracking. This is about being able to inject everybody on the planet with stuff. So, so Mary, in a second here, we're going to take a quick break and do a quick segment after the break here. But I want to just bring a comment to this article. This article is arguing that environment hasn't changed things. And I just, I would actually argue that it does significantly. And let me just tell you why. Because as you were talking about all of the social distancing, I'm thinking about the fact that, you know, I, I, I do marriage coaching. So I was trying to buy an upgraded webcam during COVID. <laughs> there, was, there was about a three or four month period where $100 webcams were going for $500 on Amazon and, uh, you know, secondhand sellers and, and, and things like that. And, and people are, are upgrading their tech and, and people have talked about how this has fast forwarded us into this new digital reality. You would use that right. word digital before. And I'm going, you know, that's all fine and well. And don't get me wrong. I love some of that, which these technology yeah, sure. pieces do afford us. Here I mean, the are. fact that we're talking yeah. right now, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, if that, you know, I, I, I look at um, I look at autism and I look at just kids' memories, uh, their IQs, their their attention spans, all of that kind of stuff. If we're going to sit there and step back and say that the environment which has created that, i.e. the screens generation that we've now raised of kids and you know the way that they interact with tech, everything's a soundbite and so on and so forth. If somebody is going to have the audacity to tell me that that has not had a negative effect on our ability to think, communicate, interact, all of that kind of stuff, like – I mean, to me, the argument just seems ludicrous. I, I don't understand how somebody can make that argument with a straight face at all, but they are, and they're slapping it in a published journal here as if it's sort of dogma. How does that happen? I mean, you know, that begs the broader question, mm. Jeff, of how does it happen that a, that a, an infectious disease that, you know, one, three percent of the population dies from, how does that get to be a lockdown around the world? I mean, propaganda and fear work. And basically, marketing has worked on this. It's been an extraordinarily well-coordinated, generated campaign. And, you know, I think that is part to me is I think most people are willing to give a government, you know, the benefit of the doubt for two weeks, which I think is completely appropriate. You know, I think there's a real altruism of like, oh, my God, they're saying that this could really cause terrible problems. Of course, I'll follow the, the directions for two weeks. But now it's, you know, basically destroying the middle class. It's destroying the education system. It's destroying, you know, businesses hand over fist the world over. It's causing starvation. 
I mean, it's way past the point it it makes any sense to give governments the benefit of doubt on this. Yeah, two weeks has become seven months now and there's no end yeah. in sight, is there? I'm gonna ask you a quick question after the break and then we'll call it a day. We are so appreciative of your time. Stay with us to the audience and you are listening to Design to Heal. Hey listeners, we're glad that you love other stories of healing, but what about you? First Orlando Counseling is the premier trauma therapy center in Central Florida with a full staff of trained clinicians ready to help you clear your trauma without re-traumatization. Childhood abuse, relationship abuse, a traumatic car accident, birth trauma, first responder or military trauma, even phobias. You don't have to live like this. It's time for you to heal. Schedule a consultation today by visiting firstorlandocounseling.com or call 407-514-4470. It's that easy. Imagine a world in which post-traumatic stress no longer robs from millions who suffer. You don't want to get help because you're embarrassed. You don't want to tell people the dark stuff that you've went through. That stigmatism of you can't talk to people is so true. Post-traumatic stress is not a disorder. It's an injury that can be healed quickly so that those who suffer get back to thriving in their families, communities, and mission. And I said, I yeah. don't want to, I, I can't, I don't want to live this trauma again. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. And I said, yeah. what? The experts, they forgot to tell me I can heal. I didn't know that I can get rid of PTSD. Each week, we tell a skeptical world what is possible with stories of those who have successfully cured their trauma. I just remember being able to stand by the water and look up at the sky and hear the noises. And I didn't think they were gunshots. I was like, those are Disney fireworks. I don't even know what to imagine for myself now, my future, because I have one. This is Life After PTSD, a podcast on all major platforms. Here we are back with Designed to Heal, Jeff with Dr. Ben, and we have Mary Holland on the line. Mary, I want to ask you this question because we've gotten into, um, you know, this is the thing that just plagues my mind. And I feel like Ben and I text about this probably once a week or maybe even more. And it's just, you know, you have these people in pharma and wherever else that have fought tooth and nail against anybody that would speak out or anybody that would, you know, whatever it is. Um, and and I here's here's the question I think that the average listener wants to know because it's sure as heck what I want to know. And I know that we may not get an answer at the end of the day, but who is it? The power, Who are the powers that be behind all of this? Because, you know, on the one hand, you would think, well, oh, it's a pharma executive. I mean, don't they have kids? You know, that's the question that's, you know, don't they have kids? Because before they're a pharma executive, I want to believe that they yeah. have humanity. So yeah. I'm sure you've wrestled with that question before and maybe you have an answer, Absolutely. you have a perspective. What do you think? I think the powers that be, I use that term because it is a loose term. And I think, honestly, we don't really know who all of the kind of shadowy figures are behind this. But I think Bill Gates has really stood up as sort of like the billionaire spokesperson for what's going on about the need for vaccines. We won't get back to normal. The World Economic Forum, which is sort of based in Switzerland, Davos, you know, the annual billionaires meeting, um, they work very closely with the World Health Organization. Um, I think we really do know that the World Economic Forum is talking about this as the Great Reset. This is the entree of the fourth industrial revolution. You know, these are the powers. This is the global elite. And I am not against like global things in general. I believe that we do need some global solutions to the problems that we face in the world. But this is anti-democratic. This is people with enormous wealth and power who are essentially 
through the manufacturing or the abetting of this crisis, they are basically controlling people's lives and they're destroying people's lives. So uh, that's who I'm referring to. Now, do, what do they think about their own children? I don't think we really can know truthfully what's going on, but I believe that I do believe that a lot of very wealthy, very powerful people who are speaking on behalf of, you know, industry and mass vaccination and so on, I believe that they really do know what's what. I do believe that they delay vaccination for their own children or they don't do it and they have ways to get make that. Mary, you know, I, wow. I, it makes me. I am aware of people. I, I, I There's a funny story that was published on a blog called Age of Autism. And um, I believe it. I know the author. And it was about how um, people were in, I believe, wash. They were in Atlanta, and they were selling a used carriage, and somebody came to buy it. Uh, they went to go buy it, and it turned out that the person worked at the CDC. And the person who was selling the baby carriage was like, "Well, you know, you shouldn't vaccinate in like the first two years of life." You know, here's this person at the CDC, which is advising people to start vaccinating on the day of birth. Mary, it's you know, unreal. it makes me it, one just final. Th- maybe final thought when you bring in this kind of idea of, of worldview, I think also there's this, I would say a false assumption as that we're going to figure out how to do the world better than it was designed originally, right? This, this uh, egotistical view of humanity, right? That we're right. going to solve every problem through our, ed- right. our minds, you know, and right. environment being a great example. The greatest way I think we can really care for the environment is not mess it up. It does a great job on its own. Right. right. I mean, Bobby's work with the rivers. I mean, a lot of that's not right. fixing the rivers. It's stop poisoning the rivers so the yeah. rivers can heal. Right. Just leave them alone. Yeah. And yeah. so I think we've missed that with health care in large yep. part. Right. We've missed that yep. with environment, of course, obviously. And so but I think when the this when the train has left the station that we're going to figure this out as smarter people, right, better doctors, better drugs, better vaccines. Right. That's a fool's right. game. It's a race to the bottom, which really ends like Andy said, or I think you mentioned earlier, this kind of this de-evolution or, or however he said it, right? Yeah. This this getting worse. And I think it, if you want to talk about a reset, I think it's a reset of our perspective that is, hey, we're actually overall, I mean, of course, bad things happen. I've said this before. Um, you know, is there people that have died during childbirth? Of course, right? Um, there's people that have died uh, eating chicken, right? They choked to death. We don't meet everybody eat chicken, you know, supervised by three doctors in an ambulance, right? We understand there's risks to life. You know, a birth is a natural process that doesn't require 8,000 medical teams and $100,000 and a bunch of shots and injections. But the minute we begin to, to believe that that's our approach, right? America being a great example, we've watched our health outcomes as far as birth go down the tubes uh, over these last years and other nations doing better. I think we need to reevaluate our, our, our paradigm, right? On, on health, on, uh, you know, environment, those types of things. And it's not all going to be solved by the new technology. Sometimes people say, look how far we've come. I said, I don't know what you mean by that. Cause I think we've gone backwards in many areas, i.e. childhood cancers and, you know, intelligence right. and things like that. So, you know, we always appreciate your mind, of course, because you've, you give it deliberate thought. You don't make, you know, you, and you also are accountable for the words you say, right. And you don't want to ever say anything that's, you know, not true or you can't back up. Right. And so we've right. thankfully to have you on the show. Thank you for all the work you're doing with, Children Health Defense, and we look forward to all your future books and future work, and uh, just bless all the things that you're doing, Mary. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be with you today. Mary, as always, we'll put your uh, the links to your books and everything in the description below. We'd encourage the readers to check those out, listeners to check those out for sure. And uh, if you're out there looking to connect with Dr. Ben, find him at AchieveWellness.clinic or on Facebook at Achieve Wellness. We drop episodes every single Monday like clockwork. So guys, make sure you're getting notifications on whatever platform you listen to. Make sure you share this with somebody that needs to hear it. And we will see you next week on Design to Heal. 
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five-star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic. Designed to Heal is produced by Jeff McLaughlin. For production inquiries or to sponsor the show, send a message to info at AchieveWellness.clinic.